Yeah. 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 Okay. Tell all right. Now. All right. This all is right. A, this is all going into the <laughs> okay. Intro, by it's the way. not it's not going in the intro. So let's get to the real intro. <laughs> oh fuck. Right. Um. Did you do anything? interesting this week had sex with your mother dude how about that how about Ugh. that's an interesting thing i did this week you know what is really interesting is that uh huh. christian decided to send this podcast uh over to his mom and then his mom decided to that's share true. it with a bunch of friends and yep. then uh didn't listen to it first and uh mm-hmm. didn't realize that our trailer consists of uh christian talking about having uh consensual sex with many women Right, I know. Yeah, right. she sent it to like a bunch of her friends, and she was like, oh, "I wish I had listened to that first. But she did say that she was proud of me for having consensual sex. So I was like, <laughs> "Thanks, mom. That's you know." Yeah, it's real admirable of you, Christian. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. So San Diego Comic Con is uh is happening, right? Or it's happening soon? I don't really. Does yeah, keep San Diego Comic Con's happening right now. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I'm not just like crazy. You guys excited for anything? Uh, no, Christian's not excited about anything. Well, I, I obviously to wasn't yeah. asking him. It was it was a general question directed towards you. Wait, am I excited <laughs> about like anything in general? No, no. Like, is there any specifically in the confines of San Diego Comic Con? I'm excited that. That's what I'm excited about. Jesus. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. Podcast done. Sick. Hey, hello, hello, I'm Christian. Hello there, everyone. I'm okay. I'm Dan. Hi, Christian. I, and my name's John. And this is a podcast uh, for uh, uh, cryptozoological enthusiasts called yeah. Crypto Shit. Yeah. Welcome. Well, wouldn't it be like Crypto Zoo Shit? Nope. Crypto. crypto no. Zoo see, shit. no. We're crypto, trying. No, we're trying. Crypto exists like as its own thing. Right, yeah, we're trying to corner that oh, market. Okay, people right. people are like, you know what, I'm looking for some Bitcoin investment tips. What's going on with Dogecoin? How's Litecoin doing? I've taken out a second mortgage on my home and dumped it all into Ethereum, and now my wife has left me uh, because sure. we don't have any money right. anymore. You know, these kinds of, like, lost people out there in the world. And, uh, you know, I want them to, in their quest for knowledge, stumble upon this, be like, oh, hey, check this out. This seems like this is going to be pretty relevant to my right. interests. Only then to find, uh-oh, it's actually about Bigfoot. Now you're in the Bigfoot yeah, sphere. Yeah, so you were trying to do something, like, smart with our marketing, and I completely stepped on it. Right. For that, I apologize. Like, let's go. Yeah, ahead. well, you know what? I don't accept your apology, you <laughs> motherfucker. How dare you question me ever? Where do you get off having that kind of audacity? We will be having a conversation uh, uh, once the podcast concludes. Wow. Uh, but until then, what's up, everyone? It's another episode of Cape Shit. That's right. Uh, it's the uh, podcast you're currently listening to. Uh, and hopefully you've listened to all of the other episodes up until now uh, because they're all just as good as this one's going to be. And by that, I mean fantastic. So uh, check yeah. that out. Well, I actually think legally we can't say fantastic yet because at this point in the MCU, they don't have the rights to the Fantastic Four. 
So that's true. Uh, I think yeah. just legally we got to watch ourselves. Yeah, I'm also I'm also going to take a, a moment at the front of this podcast before everybody uh, uh, stops listening later to say, hey, follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter account. Go check that out. Also, tell your friends about this podcast. It's like it's 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 one it's one of the it's one of those sad, desperate shills. I'm I'm on my hands and knees. I'm 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 li- I'm literally begging you. I'm staring into your eyes. You have a gun to my head. I'm crying. I'm thinking about my wife and all the missed <laughs> yeah. opportunities yeah this I've podcast is, <laughs> is what separates christian from being homeless so this it's is it's it. true like really so you know whatever hey if you've been enjoying it just tell people come on all right listen dude are, you probably have like a for well you probably don't have a friend i guess if you're sort of a marvel enthusiast Here but you go. probably have like a guy on the internet you talk to maybe you know whatever the fu- anyway um so uh yeah we uh uh watched a movie this week called the avengers Ooh. it's the big culmination we did it we finally we finally finally got there guys yeah. uh i have some thoughts on this movie uh some maybe surprising to dan and john and oh, others wow. probably mm-hmm. probably not that surprising to them well, um, i'm excited I can't yeah. wait to hear it. Uh, maybe I'll start with a little bit of background here. Yeah, you know what? Why don't you do that? You know, Paramount really uh, got their money's worth out of this deal with Disney. So the movie, while it was actually distributed by Disney, uh, Paramount, as part of the deal, got to slap their logo on it and got 8% of box office sales for this movie, uh, even though they did not have to distribute it. So they really uh, made out well. Uh, this movie... Uh, was written and directed by Joss Whedon. Wow, wonderful. Wow. Uh, I know. He's also going to uh, direct Avengers Age of Ultron as well, I believe. Uh, and it was released in May 4th, uh, sorry, on May 4th, 2012. A uh, bunch of box office records were broken. This movie made $1.5 billion. It was the third highest grossing movie of all time as well as the highest grossing movie in 2012. Uh, and it was the first Marvel Studios movie to make over $1 billion. Uh, crazy, crazy high number here. Um, but now, as uh, Christian mentioned, this is it. This is the end of phase one. This is the culmination of all the previous MCU movies. Uh, and people were uh, very excited to see all of these characters come together in a single movie like this. And uh, it was now what we realize is it was just the beginning of a much larger story. Uh, And also what we found out, too, is uh, that Loki is going to die many times across the MCU. This is uh, not the first time we think that maybe he's dead and uh, not the last time he'll reappear uh, out of nowhere. Wow, spoilers. I know. Yeah, wow. Come on, dude. I, yeah, I thought I, I thought he was dead. Yeah, I know. I know you did, and I'm sorry to break that illusion to you. Yeah, so uh, the movie kind of opens. We got, like, the Tesseract, which you might remember from Captain America, and then that's your first clue that, like, oh, hey, now all the threads are coming together a little bit. Um, and again, it sort of suffers from uh, uh, a similar problem, in my opinion, to uh, uh, the... 
uh, source of the frost giant power kind of thing, where it's sort of like, what is the Tesseract? They, they, they like, you're, you're just sort of expected to care about it and know that it's powerful, but it's like it could, it could, pa it could power everything uh, and be used for good for humanity. But, but if, but if someone else gets it, well, then it's going to power bad for human. And they, and they just sort of talk about the whole movie. It's like, what the fuck is? this thing like uh which you know maybe that's uh part of the fun for people but i always find stuff like that in movies uh uh just weird it's like it's like just like give us some indication of why i should care about the tesseract but uh uh you know it's just sort of a a a, pa a power box and it's kind of implied that if the good guys have the power box then that power that's that's good power but if the bad guys get the power box and uh-oh that power is it's no it's no longer good now it's bad well yeah i mean part of this movie does go into describing though what the tesseract can do for people that have it in their hands right I mean, as an unlimited source of power, they're able to power these weapons or, on the opposite side, open up portals that could uh, bring a large number of aliens to a place where we probably don't want them. Um, but this is not also the last time we're going to hear about the Tesseract, obviously. So the Tesseract story is just beginning, whereas the Frost Giant box was a uh, very much one-time thing that i don't think we hear about ever again in the mcu so but it the was tesseract so actually yeah the tesseract plays a large role in the uh the rest of the uh next two phases for sure yeah i'm still a little confused yeah, about like how like why did they make the frost giant box so similar looking to the tesseract but like not make it the same item it dude it doesn't make I, any like, sense to me the dude, the first time I saw it, I was like, I confused the Tesseract yeah. with the Frost Giant. I thought it was the Frost Giant box the first time, until like later where they're like, oh yeah, he dug it up out of the ocean, and then I was like, oh, it's that. It's that. It's, it's not that the other blue thing. box, and not this it's that, blue box. It's that blue. Yeah. It's that other blue power box that like <laughs> the. It's like it's not. It's not. It's not the first one, but it, because that one's like less powerful. May, I, like I don't, I don't, I don't know. Seems kind of overused. This is, uh, this is where we start, and what we do get is the idea that there is someone behind this, behind the scenes, pulling the strings here, uh, as right. Loki is given both the scepter and the army uh, to bring to Earth to get that tesseract and take that over. And uh, Loki's promised that he will become uh, king of Midgard or Earth, I guess, uh, which. I don't know how that would work out, but uh, that's his. That's what he's been given, and uh, we'll see what happens. And so, uh, at this point now, the Tesseract is starting to react because, uh, uh, as Hawkeye will point out, uh, it seems to be a portal of some type, which means on the other side there's someone there, and someone's going to try to come through. So, Shield's being evacuated since the Tesseract is uh, uh, going off the rails. Around around this point, we also get our uh, first introduction to this movie's hot girl. Like, every movie has had to introduce a hot girl. It's a, a, a thing. And I actually, I gotta say, I think they knocked it out of the park with this one. I think that uh, whoever that lady is that is, like, the second-in-command to Nick Fury, I think she's the hottest hot girl we've had okay. in the MCU so far, and I appreciated that. Oh, so you're talking about Robin Sherbatsky? Yeah, Robin, Rob, Robin Sherbatsky. We're talking about Maria Hill who is a yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. character who is oh, going what? to be 
in the MCU right. moving forward. So this isn't yeah. a throwaway. Oh, that's weird. The entire time, like they they never really introduced her or like said her name. So I just assumed no. her name was Robin Tripp. Just a random name. No, Robin no, Trubotsky. they definitely said that, that was her Maria name. Hill multiple times in this movie. Yeah, but yeah. I, you know, but I mean, uh, does it really okay. matter? She's just she's just hot. She just shows up and she's like, "Yo, check it out. I I work with Nick Fury and I'm super hot." And I think that uh, uh, she knocked it out of the park. Also, we get to see some profile views uh, of her too. I gotta say, her face isn't weird like Scarlett Johansson's is. So All right. She well, also get, she also gets some points from me for that. Like. <laughs> All around, you know, I enjoyed okay. the introduction of uh, uh, this woman in the movie. You know, I will say, uh, you know, there is one small thing I'm going to agree with you on here. One small thing. Uh, and that is that Scarlett Johansson has a weird face? Okay. No, that is not it at all. It okay. is that all right. Joss Whedon. I misread and, that, sorry. Yeah, I know you did. Uh, Joss Whedon in his movies uh, seemingly has a lot of uh, interesting profile and shots of the women in these movies uh there's mm. definitely a lot of like looking mm. at black widow from behind black widow while she's talking mm. to somebody else shots in this movie uh and it definitely was brought up when it came out as well as a thing yeah. that people noticed was happening in this movie yeah for sure uh yeah i i mean hey i <laughs> noticed it too but for what but for whatever it's worth dude, i mean black widow she just she just i don't know whatever dude i got i, I got bones to pick with black widow all black right, widow well, just does not do it for, from then, the introduction to the character all the way up until this movie i just have not enjoyed black widow well uh, the good news is then uh, Hawkeye makes his first appearance, and we all know that he's your favorite. So yeah, the coolest superhero. Yeah. Oh yeah, they the saved him guy. for the Avengers because he's so badass. Yeah. Well, no, he was he, he was, was right. well, Thor. Yeah, they used the like it's like it's like but like he wasn't even like he was in Thor as like a cameo to tease yeah. that the coolest <laughs> superhero. It's like we're not even gonna get we're gonna we're gonna make you wait for it because he's yeah. that fucking cool. <laughs> and then everyone's gonna be like, Oh, yeah. I'm so hyped to see Hawkeye come up in these movies later. And it's just like, dude, that is the lamest <laughs> like it's just it's so lame. Hawkeye is dude. so goddamn lame. It's insane. I thought that like we had hit like peak levels of lame with like Thor because I'm like Thor's lame it's hard to kind of top how lame Thor is but no it's it, dude Hawkeye is like just not cool it's like the opposite of cool and to like add on to how not cool he is every time he pulls uh, out his bow it's like the most dude it's the most like awkward bow sheath in the world he like pulls it out it's like kind of <laughs> wrapped around in this compact form and he goes he like kind of thrusts <laughs> his fist forward and it goes uh, but it's like it's all like bendy at the tips like <laughs> right and they, they always shoot it in a way where it's like you're supposed to like clap now you know it's like it's like they do it in this way where it's like oh this epic thing like it's like they focus on it and they're like yeah. look at the epic way that he pulls out his like dinky little butt it's just yeah it's it's you could easily just add like a little boing sound effect every time he opens it up <laughs> it was right. it was it was <laughs> yeah, definitely exactly. a, it was definitely a floppy bow. I I can't deny that the bow is very floppy. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty flaccid. There's no defending it, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. uh, fortunately, someone who is a bit more interesting than Hawkeye shows up, and that's Loki, and he is uh, burdened with glorious purpose. 
Uh, and this is a line that's going to stick with him for quite a while. One right. of the standout lines from this movie right. from Loki. Uh, but he's going to go ahead and use that scepter for the first time. We're going to see that he's got the ability to take over the minds of uh, certain people, including right. the number one resource on the team, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Oh, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say at this point because like something needs to be addressed here that it like it's going to uh, clutter up the podcast if I bring up every single instance this needs to be addressed. <laughs> so I'm just gonna get it out of the way right now and not sure. like harp on this the entire time. Like anytime, like. Loki and the scepter, I think, have a problem in this movie for me where it's like, what is Loki's power versus like, what can he do versus what can't he do versus what can the scepter do versus what can't the scepter do? And I think that like, Anytime you introduce a mind control component into a film, you end up with this glaring issue where it's like, if he can just mind control people, like, why isn't he doing more of that? Like, it's weird. Like, he kind of mind controls like uh hawkeye and then he mind controls the scientist so it like it so it works on humans too like it's not just a superhero thing so we can just like mind control people also and then he like mind controls one of the guards or whatever so it's like it doesn't even need to be like smart people so it's like it's like just kind of everyone and then he just sort of like forgets about the fact that he can do that for the rest of the movie until way later when he tries to do it on iron man but then can't because iron man has like the you know the 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 thing in his heart and it's like dink and he's like oh my mind control tricks didn't work but it's just like like i mean he's in a room with nick fury just mind control him like what the fuck dude there's like all these people throughout this movie like where he has the scepter where i'm like you know just mind control bruce banner just do that dude like you win if you did there's just like there's just, it's like it's like it's this re over and over and over and over and over and over and over he's in these situations where he could use the power that it's established within 20 seconds of this movie existing that he has and then he just like never does again and it's weird to me yeah i also think though that most of those characters are not going to allow Loki to just walk up to them and hit him with the Right, scepter. but he can teleport. But sometimes. But sometimes he can no, teleport. No, he can't teleport. He can't teleport. No. He can't but he, teleport. No, but he, he can create, teleport. No, he can create mirages of himself, which and is then, what happens in the movie. But the mirage doesn't hold a physical scepter. So... So couldn't he like just trick everyone into making them think that he's somewhere else, and then he'll just like he just walks up invisible to to whoever and ding. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, he he, but he he does that he does that with Coulson later, where he's like at like the control panel, and then Coulson fires at him while he's at the control panel, and he's like, whoosh, now I'm in front of you, like so it's like. So he can't like so he has some kind of teleport thing going on. Maybe he like makes a copy and turns himself invisible. Like I said, the entire time watching the movie, I'm just like, what the fuck does Lo like like Loki's powers are just weird. It's like can it's like whatever he needs to do in a given situation, he can do. And anytime it would break the structure for him to like not be able to do it, he just it, he just doesn't do it. And then and then it's never talked about. I'm saying if he can mind control, but like like 
It's like, you know, at like like add in like a little exposition there or whatever. Even like one scene where he's just like, uh, you know, they're like, We've 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 gifted you the power of mind control, but it it, it was at a great cost to us, so now you can't do that anymore. Keep keep on keeping on with your other things, you know. But instead it's just like we see this thing where he just mind controls people and then he just stops mind controlling people until later when he tries to mind control Tony, which means he knows he can. Like he's aware of it the entire. He just ne- he just never does it. It's we. It's fucking weird. Like I can't get past that. Well, he does try to mind control Cap, and it doesn't work. He does that in the fight where they're in Germany, and that doesn't work against Steve. And the way that I kind of perceived that was that you aren't going to mind control someone unless they have something that's going to uh, 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 exaggerate and currently like built-in part of themselves, right? Like, the scientist mentioned that he kind of thought that he knew what he was doing, meaning, like, certain parts of himself were kind of exaggerated under that mind control to be able to help in those situations. So, I don't know. I did see that there was a point where he tried to get Cap, and that didn't work. And it was in their fight uh, in Germany. I don't remember that, honestly. Maybe maybe it happened, and I just, But like, it was probably I, too quick to pick up, so... Yeah, yeah no, but, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it should, again, and, and then it's, like, and then it's, like, the staff, like, shoots lasers, too, so, but then it, like, also, like... Well, yeah, he's gotta have a gun. Right, but then it also, like, corrupts the minds of people who are around it, but then it's, like, it's just, it's just, like, it's just this fucking, like, it's, like, it's just this thing that he has that, like, anything that needs to be convenient for the plot at that moment, and maybe that's what the power is. Maybe the power is, like, a sort of fourth wall breaking. Maybe, 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 maybe the staff is literally a plot device and that's the power of the staff because it's just whatever is convenient it can do and anything that like would break the story it can't do anymore even though we've already seen it do that well the good news is to balance all of that out uh after selvig hawkeye and loki head out nick fury's on the path in a helicopter and you know what he's gonna do in this Uh, moment are he's you going, trying to tell me yeah, right now, Dan, tell me. that he's about to jump? He's going to jump out of Whoa. the helicopter. Oh, <laughs> oh my oh. God. That's crazy, dude. Damn. Round oh, of applause. Thank you. That's Jeez. pretty crazy. Uh, hey, we needed another one of those scenes. Appreciate it. <laughs> you guys. know, I had never noticed it ever before this. we started doing this podcast. But now every time that somebody jumps out of a helicopter or a plane, it's just the funniest thing to me. I was, I was definitely laughing when that happened. Yeah. Uh, but now we're at war, and uh, we're going to hear the Avengers theme. Yeah. Finally, the Woo. music kicking into high gear, and this uh, this track here is going to take us through the uh, rest of the next two phases. But, man, I love this theme music. Uh, this was just really good. Done by Alvin Silvestri, by the way. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm not, I guess, qualified or educated enough to speak on it, but there's a, there's a video by a YouTuber named Sideways that, I mean, like, all of this stuff is really good. It talks about, like, uh, film music and the, the theory behind film composition and stuff like that. And he goes really in depth into, um, the Avengers music and also how it carries into Endgame, and I, I just want to shout that one out. That one's really yeah. Good. It's it, the music continues to evolve over the course of the next uh, two phases, and by the time we get to Endgame, this theme song is just so big and epic, and has like added parts while still keeping the main theme from this movie. It's really interesting how it's going to evolve over time. So 
I'm uh I'm excited to hear it uh change now that I'm kind of paying attention versus watching each one of these movies like eight months to a year apart. You know. Yeah. So we get uh, Nick Fury trying to uh, uh, assemble the Avengers, and uh, it starts out uh, with your girl Scarlett Johansson, uh, the uh, uh, Black Widow of the bunch, as it were, uh, in a room. Uh, apparently, a, uh, a bit of a disadvantage is she is tied up in sort of a sexual BDSM bondage uh, scene. Everyone's kind of covered in sweat. There's a lot of them sort of manhandling her face uh, as she's like, ah, you know. Um, so it's like, it's true. What the fuck? <laughs> like, that's in the movie, dude. Like, it's like, again, it's just like weird exposition, you know. Maybe the reason that I think that, like, the uh, new introduction hot girl in this movie uh, is hot as opposed to Black Widow is because they don't have to, like, sell it to you that she's hot. She just exists and she's hot and it's cool. I feel like Black Widow has this, like, weird thing where, like, her entire thing is just kind of to be fan service to the people who are watching. And it sort of takes me out of it a little bit because, like, all the scenes that she's in are just, like, like they just seem unnecessarily sexual to me. Yeah, I, well, I think the point of Black Widow is that she's supposed to have that outward appearance of, like, being that stereotypical, like, damsel in yep, distress right. type of person when... In, in actuality, she's uh, very capable on her own and, like, is very intelligent and combat savvy. Uh, but I do agree that the way they have been filming her uh, amps it up a little bit too hard on the uh, on that sexuality aspect of her. And it kind of, like, oversells that. Yeah, it, it does tone down, by the way, over the course of the next two phases. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe and maybe that's why you guys, like, have the opinion of that that you have. Like, I kind of only have, you know, these movies that we've watched. And I just feel like in a lot of these movies, kind of a common complaint uh, as we've been uh, uh, recording uh, this podcast is that, like, I feel like there's a ton of stuff that happens that's almost, like, too on the nose. Like, it's just specifically for the audience in a way that, like, it almost sort of breaks my immersion in the story that they're telling because I'm like, they're definitely just doing some shit like specifically to cater to the audience who's watching this right now. And I kind of felt like that Black Widow scene was like that too. Like it was very much like, you know, hey, uh, uh, man in this movie theater, you want some blood in your dick? Check this out right Jesus now. Christ. We got some, we well, got some stuff going <laughs> to on. To be fair, it's not like they threw her on a beach in a bikini like this is a very specific scene where clearly she's playing these people to get right. them to give up the plan by playing this damsel in distress in sure. this dress in this moment not in her outfit uh specifically to get that right and then once she's called out to duty for the avengers the whole thing changes and she's out right Right. So, yeah, because she because she was in complete control the entire time. That guy was sticking his thumb in her mouth. Well, he wasn't going to do that. Clearly, yeah. they were going to start pulling her teeth out. Right. I mean, uh -huh. that's what he went to go grab the the tool to pull that, and he was opening her mouth to do that. I mean, it was a torture scene, right? Right. So yeah, I don't know. This I didn't mean, seem that right. crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, it was a air quotes torture scene, right? You know, but like, sure, I I get I get where you're coming from with that. I'm just saying it felt a little gratuitous to me. Sure. Well, we got to see her uh, do some <laughs> fighting here, but you know what? Her next task is going to go get the big guy. And right. what is this? 
That's not Edward Norton. What? I can't believe it. This is Mark Ruffalo. Dude, and Mark I'm Ruffalo. and I'm gonna say too, like legit actual like good point for this. I think Mark Ruffalo, uh, way better casting decision. Oh yeah. Like mm -hmm. it's like and that's probably not even a point towards this movie, maybe, because it's like such an obvious thing. Like, you know, and I, obviously Edward Norton didn't come back, so it, that's it seems to be what everybody thought, you know? Like, but um I think that uh I think he's written horribly in this movie and maybe it gets better maybe it doesn't i don't know but i'm saying like as far as like the actual dude himself i think that he worked really well with the lines that he was given and i think he has the look of a bruce banner way more than edward norton did i also like the way that he uh like physically took on the bruce banner character totally because yeah. like i mean i don't really remember edward norton's uh performance maybe that's because it was just bad bad <laughs> yeah uh yeah. for for lack of a better word maybe it was bad but um when immediately when you see bruce he's just like you can tell he's like super fidgety he's always got he's always like playing with his hands like he yep. never looks uh he never talks to another character like full-on like shoulders uh you know uh perpendicular to them he's always got like a little slight to to his shoulders so he's not like fully facing you. Yeah, like he's, he's kinda... about to bail out. He's like, yeah, he's, 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 he's always it. like suspicious. Yeah, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that whole aspect of him. Yeah, I like that a lot because it it showed more of his relationship with the Hulk at that time. Because I think in all of those moments, he's constantly concerned about the Hulk coming out and him doing something that is uh, not going to end up well. That's the way I kind of saw it too. Is like. Bruce Banner is kind of living in constant fear of the Hulk at this moment. Yeah, I kind of, mm -hmm. I kind of feel like with this character, maybe one of my biggest problems with, like, I, like, I'll actually say again, Mark Ruffalo did a good job, uh, but uh, I think the Hulk was probably my least favorite uh, character in this movie, even more so than Hawkeye, which is really saying a lot because I really did not like Hawkeye, but. Like, I feel like they lean on a lot of very, very cheesy emphasis to sort of, like, sell this character where, like, his lines in the first half of the movie all revolve around this thing of him being like, well, maybe I'll agree to go and help you out with this, but the other guy might not ag agree you know it's like and it's just this constant like tie where it's like it's like at a certain point i almost had the same note that i had during the first hulk movie where i'm like i get it you're the hulk like i fucking understand like but you know the entirety of his character initially is just him continually referencing that he is the hulk over and over and over again to the point that it just felt a little tired well uh obviously the goal here was to bring in banner as our first step and then uh colson's gonna head towards bringing in uh iron man while nick fury is heading over to cap to get him on board to uh 
send him on his next mission uh, with very little pushback from Captain America. Um, right, but and we get a cool uh, Captain America PTSD scene, which I which I which I liked. It's like him reminiscing about the past, uh, like while hitting a punching bag, showing that he's sort of tortured by it. And this scene was kind of funny to me because like it doesn't really like matter that much, you know? Like it's just it's just sort of like the, where it's like he's really torn up about everything that's happened, and then Nick Fury's like, "Hey, join the Avengers," and he's like, "Okay," and then it's just it's just sort of done it's like why it's like why why was that in there why do we need the ptsd punching bag montage in the first place you know he also could have just been sipping a latte and nick fury could have come up and been like hey join the avengers and it would have just ended the same way but we needed him hitting a punching bag because he's like deep or whatever but he's he's not really well i think though it did lend to the point that he was ready to come back and take whatever mission they were going to take next, right? If he had already settled into the new era, he was sipping a latte, his life had moved on, like, I don't necessarily think it would have been as easy of a sell to just get him into this next mission so easily. Sure. Yeah. Uh, So uh, with that, we also see that Iron Man is working on something, and it turns out it is Stark Tower, uh, the first view that we're going to get here of the new Stark Tower, uh, and it is running on a giant arc reactor. Uh, based on the new technology that Iron Man made for his uh, own mini-arc reactor in his chest. Uh, And this Stark Tower is going to be the kind of standing monument for New York as we get in through the uh, rest of the movie. So basically Coulson's given the task of, instead of bringing back the Hulk to be on the Avengers, he has to bring Tony back. So he shows up at Stark Tower while any kind of like interrupts a date night between Tony and Pepper um nothing really happens besides tony's uh snarky humor um but one thing i did want to point out was that there are several points in the movie and maybe this isn't important to anybody but there are several points in the movie where um they mention colson having a thing with a cellist in portland and this is the first time we hear about it. He talks about it with Tony. And th- these are all just like passing lines, kind of, they feel like throwaway lines, but it's all leading up to the release of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series, which comes after the Avengers movie, I think. Yep, it does. Um, and that's like kind of a big point in that series. And if you haven't watched it, I don't know if I could fully recommend it, but I did enjoy my time. <laughs> yeah, I think Agents of Shield that show kind of got greenlit because we have to remember at this point the MCU is six movies, right? This is the sixth one. And so the entire universe that has been built, Coulson has been part of almost every single major hero being brought on to this, right? So Coulson right now right. is playing a pretty big role in the MCU. Uh and so later on as we'll get to his eventual death um, people what? were not super stoked Spoilers. about that. Um, they were not really stoked that they killed off Coulson like that to use as a mechanism to try to bring the Avengers together. But, you know, we'll get to that. Uh, and so Coulson... Yeah, which also yeah, we'll didn't really that. make sense either, but we'll, 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 yeah, we'll we will get we'll to get my to thoughts it. on that. Yeah. yeah, I bet we will. Uh, you definitely do not want to watch Batman vs. Superman, by the way. Definitely yeah. never watch that movie. Yeah, um, I uh, was not uh, planning on it. Yeah. Just 
it is uh, anyways that's not the right podcast for this but uh now that we've got colson we've got uh stark and we've got captain america being brought in colson does a little fanboying over captain america uh which is again kind of interesting all these people who had grown up uh were knowing him as a child and then uh Cap was the first superhero, and there were trading cards, and we kind of get an idea of the fact that heroes have made its way into its culture, and we're going to see that uh, throughout the course of the rest of this movie. But really, as the uh, phases go on, how much heroes and uh, uh, these major events continue as part of the uh, universe that's being built here. Because right, um, people might need a little old-fashioned. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a, yeah. That's a reference that, that's a to the movie. The that's movie. a line from the movie. Well, uh, we do get on board of the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. ship slash what we think might be a submarine turns out to be a flying base with right. cloaking technology. To kind yeah. of prove my point about how I didn't like any of Banner's lines here, there's a moment where Banner uh, shows up and he's talking to Captain America uh, and uh, the helipad is changing, and they're like, "Is is it is it a submarine? Because that's what they assume that it's going to be." Uh, and uh, Banner's like, "Huh? They want me in a submerged, pressurized metal container?" And it's just like, again, I get it. You're the Hulk, dude. Like, shut shut up. It's like it's like every single fucking line out of this dude's mouth. It's just like he's the Hulk. It's like we get it. You could turn into the Hulk. Like, everything up until him actually turning into the Hulk, it's like they have to, like, drop a reference just in case you forgot. Like, hey, by the way, this guy is the Hulk. Yeah, I mean, to to the to the writer's point, um, like, I agree it is uh, a little bit of a almost caricature of the character because of how heavy-handed they are with, like, referencing that he's the Hulk. But at the same time, like, at this point, the Hulk had gotten one movie, and, like, did anyone actually, like, really care? But, I'll, okay, so not only did people maybe not care about that movie, but they also changed his actor. So, like, maybe people had to get, like, yo, this is the Hulk, guys. Right, like, yeah. In case you didn't know, it's the same guy. Different actor, but same guy. Yeah, so that the children you know? watching yeah, this so movie the children wouldn't in the be theater confused. Uh, yeah, okay. well... <laughs> Lest we not forget, yeah, this is yeah. a very adult movie. It is made movie, with yeah. children in mind. It's an, yeah. it's an adult movie. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a child's franchise for children. Yeah. Well, uh, they determine that they're going to need some uh, iridium, as as most people need in these types of, of situations. Uh, which yeah, I'm running out right now. We get the first Hawkeye bow whip out here which is something that i had noted and i said i just there's just no way to defend it it was just the floppy bow in like the way that the camera zoomed and like how hard he like did it with his hand like just uh i can't i can't defend it i wish i could and he's like evil and mind controlled but he's like the least intimidating evil mind controlled thing that's like ever exist you know it's just like it's just like no, like nothing about like it's like like he kind of works as a superhero and even then it's a bit of a stretch for me because i'm like his superpower is that he like shoots a like a bow like it's like it's dumb well but he doesn't have a superpower is 
the thing. Yeah, he's just he's just like, he's just he's just a guy that is like you know good at like a bow and arrow and has reflex and whatever. But then it's like as like a super villain, it's like a villainous character. It's like he's like a wet sponge. Like it's just there's just there's nothing really intimidating about this dude. Yeah. Well, clearly what we end up finding is this is a uh, two-part mission here. Clearly, number one is the Iridium, but number two is very much that Loki wants to be captured. Uh, and he makes himself very well known that he is there. He captures part of the crowd, and uh, he is making quite the spectacle. Uh, yep. And so for the first time, we're going to see uh, uh, Cap landing on the ground and Stark incoming as well. Uh, for their first scene together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we also we get we we get we get a scene sort of during this part that I actually liked, uh, which is uh, in order to uh, uh, sort of access uh, the iridium, uh, they need an ocular scan. Um, and uh, Loki uh, straight up takes a device that bores into a fellow's head and collects his eyeball uh, so that they can use the eyeball data to make it through uh, this locked door that requires a retina scan. And that was fun. I liked that. Fuck it. I enjoyed that. Like, it was cool. He puts a little device on a guy's head and the guy's like, Aah! and it like rips his eyeball out. I'm like that, you know, would, hey, no complaints there. That was That was tight. Yeah, that was definitely a more intense moment than I remembered it being. Uh, yeah, and I figured that you might like that. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they straight up dig that guy's eyeball out of his head. I'm just like, hey, more of that in my Marvel movies, please. Yeah, yeah, dude, I totally forgot that scene was in the movie, but then as soon as Loki whipped that thing out, I was like, oh shit, Christian's gonna love this. <laughs> I know, dude, and he just fucking yeah, that's fun. But again, we end up with this thing too, where it's like he has this staff like why can't like he could you know it's like it's like it's like the staff kind of comes into play sometimes and kind of doesn't come into play other times he just determines he needs to take this dude's eye out instead of like mind controlling him to get through the thing and maybe it's because he thinks there's not enough time but he doesn't really know people are showing up so how would he know how much time he has or doesn't have couldn't he just mind control everybody in that room really or couldn't he just like it's like i get that he wants to like subjugate them and that's his point but on the flip side, it's like, really, he wants to, like, subjugate Earth, and he's, like, smart. So, I mean, I think that he would be willing to just, like, sort of, like, ditch the subjugation thing on one room full of people to, like, help him further his goal. Like, re- like really, like, if he just, like, took over London and then made them sort of, like, go out and rule it, like, he's still ruling. Again, I'm just, like, I, I, I'm just so confused as to what this staff does. And I said I wouldn't harp on this the entire podcast, so I'll shut the fuck up. But it, it, this cool, is just it's another... Fine. We can we can cut all that out. It's no right. problem. Right. It's just it's um, just another yeah. it's just another moment. We just cut you out of the entire yeah, podcast. Just, yeah, it's just it's the it's the John and Dan show. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. Again, I'm just I'm just saying this is another <laughs> moment where I'm like, what is Loki's power and what does the staff do? Well, sure, but I think also, and we'll get to this when we get to Coulson uh more talking to Loki later, but I think Coulson makes a really interesting point later on that Loki will always fail because he has a lack of conviction. And this is a theme we're going to see again throughout the MCU, even as late as the Loki show, which happens after phase three. Um, And we'll kind of see how that pattern continues. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's definitely lack of conviction. And part of it, while he is smart, I think that he's still struggling between two worlds of him and his life with Thor and him and his need to rule and be a king. 
Um, right, because he has that frost giant blood, so he's evil. He's an evil frost giant kind of guy. Yeah, it's true. Well, now that uh, yeah. they've captured him, they're in the plane, and uh, you know what time it is? It's time for some lightning. Uh, and Thor has made his way into the movie. I want to say to the scene of them in the uh, uh, plane when Thor shows up, uh, this is the worst scene in the entire movie. Hands down, 100%. I will accept no contrary or dissenting opinion. Specifically, Captain America... And Tony Stark in the plane when Thor shows up. Very big low point uh, for me because it's like we have all of the cliches uh, here together. We get a plane jump again. That that that's that's gonna that's gonna happen here. We also get two of my least favorite lines in the movie. It's just like it's just like back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Just things I didn't enjoy about this scene. We get this like really cheesy just so so thor shows up and then uh snatches your boy loki out of the back of the plane and now loki uh and thor are gone and then they're like what do we what do we need to do captain america is like we need a plan of attack to which tony stark says i have a plan attack and then he jumps out of the fucking plane and it's like that sucked i i i i I, re- I really unironically did not enjoy that and then that gets followed up by another line where uh uh in the front uh uh they're talking to captain america and they're like, but how, but how can you possibly hope to stop Thor? He's basically a god. And Captain America says, there's only, hey, I only, there's only one, there's only one god I know, ma'am. And he sure doesn't dress like that. And then again, everyone in the theater fucking claps. It's just everything about this scene. It was like, all the cliches like you take everything i don't like about marvel and you shove it into one fucking scene and it was just this i was just annoyed and it has to be on an airplane and it, and because, because they have to jump <laughs> it has to be on an airplane because they have to jump out of the fucking airplane yeah yeah i yeah. i didn't even think about the plane thing again there but that is no i'm saying uh, it's all the hilarious. cliches it's yeah. every it's every cliche in Marvel slammed into one scene. Sure. Well, also uh, no, that that fucking I have a plan attack line. I'm not trying to. That is not good. That is that is just that I did not enjoy that. It, that is that is not that is not my favorite thing that Tony Stark has ever said. Sure. Yeah. I I think that's fair. I think uh, to add some level of positivity to this, uh, Thor. Uh, doesn't have his uh, dyed beard and eyebrows this time, so he looks a bit more normal. Uh, I like. Uh, oh, the... you're right. I didn't even pick oh, up. On I didn't that. even. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't. Notice yeah, that I either. was like, but I was like, Thor looks way better yep. in this movie. But I could, I couldn't put my finger on what was different. But that makes so much sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They uh, for I don't know what why they did it because it looked so weird. And I couldn't place it when I watched it originally, but then when I watched this one, I remembered it's because they dyed the eyebrows and beard. Um, This time they didn't, so he looked more normal. Uh, (laughs) And I think that was a a nice standout here. And so we're going to see now 
uh, a few fights between Stark and Thor, uh, and then Cap's gonna show up, and they're all gonna just fight against each other while Loki is watching from above and laughing at them. Yeah, I I was wondering, like, why did nobody care what Loki was doing at this point? Like, they just left him on a cliff somewhere, like, somewhere out in the distance and nobody's watching over him you could have easily just kind yeah of well i kind of I, I actually i'll play i'll play the role of dan here for a moment because i think that like within the context of the movie you took the three characters with the largest egos mm -hmm. and then you like put them in a spot together so it becomes less about the mission and more about their egos because like Captain America, huge ego, conflicting with Tony Stark, who has a huge ego, and then conflicting with Thor, who also has a huge ego. So it's like, so in this moment, they like just kind of aren't head in the game really thinking about or caring about Loki. They're just trying to satisfy their own agendas. Yep. Right. Okay. But there are still like dudes flying a plane above that they jumped out of. So like, w what are they doing? They're just like circling around waiting for the fight to stop or what? Yeah. They're just, they're just, they're just soaking it in. There, there's an entire organization of shield agents at their disposal, at their disposal, who could also be like, "Yo, what's going on with Loki? Those three idiots are fighting down there, but where's Loki? Like the dude that we're supposed to care about, right? Where's that guy?" Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I, don't know. I think um, again in this moment, we're also seeing that Tony and Cap are coming into contact with Thor for the first time. We got to remember that this is not. It's not as if they've met Thor before and have any context or background into whether he is actually good or not. So I think at this moment, Iron Man at least is seeing the potential of uh, possibly two bad guys here in this moment, not just one, right? And so yeah. I think that they had to kind of play this out as well. I will say that the uh, the dialogue between Thor and Loki before this fight even starts is like probably one of my favorite pieces of dialogue in the movie, and it's... It's like weird because on one hand, I'm not a huge fan of like the shakes like the Shakespearean esque dialogue that they have to that we have to endure with these Asgardian characters. But because it's in like this weird Shakespearean uh version of English, it's kind of allowed to be more like over the top and cheesy. Yeah. Um, but the whole part where Thor is like, We we grew up together, we were brothers, we fought together do you remember none of that? And Loki's like, I remember a shadow. And it's like, that I think is the one line that I will give credit to Joss Whedon for in this entire movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was it was a good moment for sure. <laughs> it was interesting that, again, he brought up that he was adopted and uh, the Frost Giant stuff again. So I think, yeah, in that moment, the writing was actually really good. And they were able to play off the way that Thor and Loki were able to speak together in a actual smart way so yeah i definitely yeah. agree um and so they get back to the uh to the uh shield ship uh and now we've got uh the players here ready to go we've got cap we've got iron man we've got bruce banner we've got black widow and loki is now in the hulk cage uh for now which uh if it gets uh the glass gets destroyed or we deter determine any uh, physical response to trying to escape, that thing is going to shoot straight out of the ship. 
Uh, and right. good luck getting out of there. Which is also like a weird thing to threaten Loki with, because again, the, just like I'm like I'm like, what the fuck is Loki's powers? It's like it's like how indestructible is he versus how not indestructible is he versus like. Like, can he? I because I was under the impression he could teleport this whole time. Dan's now telling me he can't, although he can do things like appearing to teleport, which he which he does later. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of like they're like, oh, we'll drop you out of this plane, but that just seems like a weird threat to give to Loki because it's like, it, it would that even do anything to him? You know? Well, I don't think necessarily at this point they know. Like, right. they don't necessarily know either. So to their best guess, that cage would contain Loki in it, right? Yeah. So I sure. think that that's, I think that's mostly fair. But uh, what we start to see is some, uh, uh, some mistrust, at least from Tony, and then starting to build into Banner. Uh, but Cap, Cap's not going for that. Yeah, Tony, Tony and Banner are talking, and I just want to throw out, we get another Hulk line when they're talking about uh, combat and uh, fighting. Uh, Banner uh, looks at Tony and says, I don't get a suit of armor. I'm exposed like a nerve. And again, it's like, I fuck, I, I get it. I get, you are the Hulk. I get it, dude. Like, goddamn, they just have to keep giving this dude, I am the Hulk lines for, it's like, it's like just the, the entire time. I mean, I don't, I didn't take that line that way for them to say that he is the Hulk. I think he's more so kind of exposing how Bruce Banner exists in this world where he is the Hulk, but more so like how it's affecting him as a human versus just saying he's the Hulk, right? That's, I mean, that's the way that I got it was we're trying to learn more about how living with the Hulk is affecting Bruce Banner in this moment versus just him pointing out that he's going to turn into it. See, I think you're reading too far into that. I, 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 I appreciate that extrapolation. I think it's a good way to describe that. I don't think that's what they were going for, though. Personally, I'm pretty John, sure. You, tiebreaker? Tiebreaker? Uh, I was going to say that I, I, I see both sides. Wow. And, but? Uh, I would have to go with Christian's oh, interpretation God. of yep. it. Just thing. because I don't think that that much deep shit was happening. Nope. In the writing of this movie, I think they were very. Fo it's like they had a quota on like every scene. Like every scene had to have an "I am Hulk" line in it, or uh, like "I am Iron Man" line. Yeah, in just it. to keep reminding yeah. you until because there the are so many yeah. characters, and again, all the kids need to be reminded. This guy's Iron Man. This guy's the Hulk. Right. This guy's Captain America. Right. And like, uh, yeah. And yeah. and again, so and I think him being like, I'm exposed like a nerve. It's like he's just he's just trying to say that like when the Hulk gets shot at, like he doesn't have armor. He's just like he's just like, oh, they're actually shooting me. Which you know, it's like I, I will say that that line is more subtle than all the other lines before it, though. Right. So. Great. There's so I was right. All right. Here. Perfect. No, I didn't um, say that. <laughs> so uh, Cap, I, I really, I really like this moment because uh, Cap, even when presented with potential real data that uh, uh, clearly Nick Fury is doing something more than just trying to turn on the lights for the world, uh, Cap will not hear it. But you know what? He's going to go do his own research like a goddamn American. 
And he's going to go, yeah, brother. Yeah. He's going to go do his own research. He's not listening to the facts or the data or the logic coming from the smart people. He's going to go out there and figure it out for himself. And uh man, if that isn't Captain America, I don't know what is. Well, I think it's again more of like the ego showing there too, like you said before, the uh like the three biggest egos in the room would be Cap, Iron Man and Thor. And obviously, Cap and Iron Man don't like each other. So anything that Iron Man says, Captain's just gonna like. No, nah, you're an idiot. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, this is going to lead to uh, uh, Cap finding some uh, Hydra equipment, which uh, clearly was stuff that was originally planned to be used in the uh, Captain America movie, uh, which was using the Tesseract to power large weapons. Uh, and also, Tony finds evidence of, ready, weapons of mass destruction. Bah, bah, bah. You got your air horns ready? Yeah. Here we go. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Um, I thought that that was an interesting uh, uh, little moment of uh, reminiscing of when weapons of mass destruction was a line used... Uh, all the time in media, every day we would hear that term. Yeah. Uh, and so going back to this movie and hearing that was kind of interesting um, as part of this. And also, like, you know, the fact that, like, Tony's like, oh, hey, that's not good. But then it's like the entire, like, you know, thing of his whole arc is, like, making weapons of mass destruction and giving them to people. And then they, like, they kind of acknowledge this by, like, throwing in a line there from Nick Fury where he's just like, well, how did you make your fortune, Stark? Like, as if that's, like, supposed to address it. But it just kind of, like, it's it's still sort of like, I don't know, like, like if anyone in the room would understand the impulse to uh send weapons off to uh, uh impoverished countries so that they can all kill each other it would be tony stark because he's done quite a bit of that yeah yeah well uh you know tony has a past and uh you know it's it's not a great one Right, he also has a future, uh, and uh, I feel like that's probably also not a great one, considering the spoilers <laughs> from the MCU that I have received up till now. Yeah, sure. Um, well, now uh, Hawkeye. God, finally. Um, yeah, my my favorite. Thank God. Oh, my thank favorite. God, yeah. we finally. It's like too long had gone by without hot like. It's just like in like in like the writers' room. It's like who the fuck pitched Hawkeye? Like there's just so many things you could pull from that would be dope. It's so weird to me that they were just like Hawkeye's the guy we're settling. We're putting all our chips on Hawkeye. So I don't think that they could have put someone in that position that had better powers. That's fair. I yeah, think they, that it, it would have been too much of an imbalance. Yeah, they kind of they kind of like needed a weenie. Like they needed this well, like, you know, it, just limp ineffectual uh, like okay. dorky yeah, fucking right. like well, yeah. I don't know that I'd go no, that I'm far. I'm agreeing but, with you. That's uh, me agreeing with you. Thank you for you your are. point, Dan. Uh, okay. I completely agree. Well, the uh ship has been attacked and the engine is blown and you know who's arrived? I don't know if you've caught up to this point that this this character was gonna make his appearance. It's Hulk time. And it's oh my time God. For, it's time for Hulk <laughs> smash. 
We uh, also, we get, all right, just real quick, want to toss this out there, an interrogation scene with uh, Black Widow and Loki happens, which is an important scene because it sort of showcases her ability to act like a damsel in distress, as we had talked about before, while uh, getting information out of the uh, uh, prisoner by acting as if she's very upset by the things that he's saying to her. Uh, but uh, uh, one line in here uh that she tosses out and she's like i have no allegiance or loyalty i've got i've gotten used to regime changes i'm russian after all and that's funny because there's a long line of russians just being uh, uh horrible in these movies anytime right. anyone shows up who's a russian uh they are of course a bit duplicitous and the audience uh certainly needs to be aware of that fact yeah something i really liked about this scene was uh the point where loki thinks he's turned the tables on her interrogating him and he's like basically berating her and calling her like a child and shit. And he, cause there's like this curved glass separating them, right? And he, as he's berating her and insulting her, he's walking up to her. His, his voice gets louder. And all you see is her on the right side of the screen and his reflection kind of like comes into screen and grows and distorts as he's like yelling at her and i thought that was like you know what dude pretty fucking cool i agree actually like legit that was cool that was shot well i know exactly the scene you're talking about because it made an impression and uh as i watched it i thought to myself hey that doesn't suck <laughs> thanks i i'm gonna grab my points for that one yeah, yeah. please do sure um, so now we're going to see how the team will respond to, uh, the ship being taken out. Cap and Iron Man heading towards the, uh, broken engine. Uh, Thor is going to head down to Hulk, uh, to try to contain that situation, which, uh, kind of begins this interesting relationship between Thor and Hulk, which we're going to see play out a little bit more in this movie. And then even further throughout the course of the MCU, which I really like. Um, and the Thor and Hulk scene was pretty cool. It was also nice to see Hulk trying to lift the hammer uh, because it's it's kind of the first showing that even with someone as strong as Hulk, uh, that literally no one's going to lift this hammer unless they're worthy. Yeah, and actually, dude, again, points to this movie for me uncharacteristically. I thought that was a pretty cool scene, too, when the hammer's down and Hulk goes to try and grab it and you see him, like, straining himself because he, like, simply cannot pick it up. That was a fun representation of what Mjolnir actually is. Though also, it's like, like what, like what is Mjolnir exactly? Like that, it kind of has yeah. like a staff problem to me too. Where it's like, is it heavy? to like or is it like not heavy is it just like magic is it like is it like the weight of a normal hammer and that's what it is it's just magically you can't pick it up if you're not thor like how yes. is it not falling yeah, through the hell like it's like it's like thor like throws it and it like breaks through shit sometimes but then other times it like it like bounces off of things and it's it's like uh, it's like i don't know like what like what is the power capacity of mjolnir exactly like i don't know well i remember uh 
around the time that this movie came out, and it, again, when I think maybe it was Civil War, there was a lot of debate about like the mechanics of Mjolnir and whether or not it was heavy or at will or if it was like quantum locked in space or some shit like that. Um, I don't know if anyone ever got to the bottom of that one. Well, this is not a new question. This has been a question since the comics as well, and there's a lot of interesting questions about Mjolnir that I don't think will ever be answered. Um, and that is like, if it's on an elevator, will it go up, right? This is the elevator able to pull the hammer up in space. Like, does that count as lifting it or not? If, uh, Hulk picks up Thor while he's holding the hammer, can, does that add extra weight or does that count as a transitive property of picking up the hammer? So, like, anyways, there's a lot of things there, but I don't know that we have time to go into that in this podcast. During this attack on the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. base, uh, we get, you guessed it, another Hulk line that I want to draw attention to. Uh, now that Hulk is uh, uh, hulked out, he's a, he's, a big, he's a big Hulk guy, uh, uh, a man in a plane is tasked with taking him down, and they're firing at him. And he's upset that he's being fired upon. So he turns around and jumps out towards the plane. And the guy flying the plane is like, target, target angry, target angry. And again, it's like, I, fu <laughs> I get it. I fucking get it. It's the guy. It's like, it's like, why does this character need to be written in this way? It's like, now it is the Hulk. It's like, it's like. It's like, it's like whoever like wrote this movie, it's like they can't not just be so on the nose with Hulk all the time. I just, I just read, it's like every scene that Hulk's in, it's like you remove his ability to speak. So now you need someone else to reinforce that this is the Hulk, even though it's the Hulk now, just have him jump on, you know. Well, I did like this uh, moment when he jumps on that little uh, jet and then the guy tries to eject and he grabs him out of the oh, air yeah. and throws him down. That's yeah. It was really cool. Uh, I did I did like that moment for the Hulk. So uh, now we see that uh, during this entire attack, which was clearly planned by Loki, uh, that Loki is now on his way to try to escape uh, and held up by our guy, Agent Phil Coulson. Oh uh, yeah, big ups, Agent Phil Coulson. Big ups to Philip. Yeah, unfortunately, in this moment though, uh, he is using a mirage and gets stabbed. Uh, in the back by Loki uh, and kicks off the potential here death scene for Phil Coulson, which uh, they leave it a bit open-ended, but I feel like after leaving this movie in the theater, there wasn't a hint that Coulson was really coming back, which again, this triggered like a whole response of people not understanding why they had to kill off Coulson in this movie. Um, and, you right. know, obviously it's used as a way to bring the Avengers together for one goal. But it, but, but the thing is like, it didn't, it, yeah. di it didn't even need to be that like, like this, like I get it. I, I totally get what they were going for, but it sort of feels to me like the only one Coulson really had like a deep relationship with was Iron Man. Like him, like him and Tony right. were like buds. And then he was just sort of tangentially related to everybody else. Like, you know, it's like they knew of him or whatever. But I mean, he was like straight up antagonistic towards Thor up until that point, you know, like, and like, 
you end up you end up with this thing where it's like his dying <laughs> words are like 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 uh Nick Fury like rolls up to him and is like, Oh, Phil, you're you're dying. And he's like, No, it's okay. They needed the push to ugh. And yeah. it's like and it's just yeah. like that is that's so fucking stupid, dude. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. yeah, I can't fully disagree. Uh Again, I feel like the impact of Coulson on the audience was more at play here than it was on the Avengers, right? I think that they were playing more towards the emotion of the audience versus really fully thinking out the emotion of the Avengers. So in that aspect, it did work. People were riled up about Coulson's death, which I also think leaded them to do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which yeah. was a Coulson-led project. I think that they already had the idea for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because of how many times they referenced Coulson and his love life because mm. that's like a recurring theme in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and those lines were basically throwaway lines in the Avengers yeah. so like it had to be planned beforehand. Yeah, well, uh, what we get now is we're headed to Stark Tower. Uh, this is time. It's time for the Battle of New York to uh, begin and that's going to start with Iron Man showing up at Stark Tower and having his infamous conversation with loki oh my um, god i would also yeah. i would also like to throw out that at this point in the movie this is uh normally about the point that we've been doing our famous segment on the show where i uh get allison's thoughts uh i watch these movies with my wife i see what she has to say about everything uh so uh, uh i had to get up to pee i paused the movie uh and i looked over and she was passed the fuck out so there is uh, <laughs> there is there is there is there is no allison thoughts this week i just wow. figured i would draw attention to that because this is right about the time that happened well that on its own is thoughts enough i think <laughs> uh, <laughs> something else i wanted to point out uh about colson and i like if this were me if this were me uh, as an Avenger and Nick Fury was about was about to be like, yo, I uh, hate to break it to you, but Agent Coulson is dead. And then he showed me the bloodied up cards. I'd be like, nah, dude, that's Cap. Like Coulson would have had his his cards in sleeves and top loaders. Like he was talking okay. about it being new mint. <laughs> but if you look at the, the condition of the, those were PSA rated cards, dude. Those were like frayed on the edges and like someone obviously like, used these as coasters and well, yeah, no, know. but that, I that think was a they're big throwaway. I I don't think that those were fake cards. Those were in his locker, is what they right. were saying. Yeah, the, that not yeah, that that's, they, what they, that's what they said. That's what they said. But like Coulson, if he was that big of a fanboy, wouldn't have his cards just open like yeah. that. Right. He would. Yeah. No. John had him protected. John's pointing out a very correct continuity error. Sure, I guess that's true. Yeah. They wouldn't have just been cards flopping all over the place like that. They wouldn't be flopping around like Hawkeye's bow. Right. He yeah. was he was he was yeah. even <laughs> bragging to Captain America earlier yeah. in the movie about the near mint condition that he had kept sure. the cards in. And then yeah. you finally see the cards and it's just like these aren't mint, these aren't mint condition, these homie. Like what the condition. fuck? I thought you were about this life, dude. Yeah, they were just kind of flopping. Uh, yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, I did really like this uh, conversation between Loki and Iron Man and Stark, I guess, at this moment. Uh, I also really like the creative ways they continue to show uh, Stark get in and out of his costumes. 
well, costumes, suits right. of armor. <laughs> costumes. Well, yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of confused by this, honestly, and maybe. And I'm not even like willing to say that this is like a glaring issue, but it's maybe something you have an explanation for because it didn't really make sense to me. Where it's like he lands on Stark Tower, there's a whole sequence of him like going inside, taking the suit off, uh, to like talk to Loki, but then he has this like other suit that's like rocket propelled that comes in that then he just like puts back on but it's like what it's like why did he have to like take the suit off in the first place if he if his plan was just to put another suit on well because his suit was destroyed uh, yeah. after fixing the propeller of the hydra ship like gotcha, you saw him when right. he flew he away he was up. like he was like flailing a bit because his okay. thrusters were broken i accept that i missed that i didn't count this as a knock towards the movie i figured i there was just something i missed that makes a lot of sense okay dan one christian zero Got i have i have no problems right. with that scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he uh he definitely had his backup and uh he even afforded the spinning rims on that one but luckily you know they didn't have enough time to finish that part of it uh, yeah. But yeah, in this moment, we get the uh, the big famous uh, talking scene here with uh, Stark and uh, Loki uh, in the big line, uh, I have an army, we have a Hulk. Uh, we, and that there's and then, no and throne. And everyone stood up in the theater and clapped. That's a, it's a, big, yeah. it's a big clap moment. They, they did. Yeah, they, they did. actually did. Yeah, did. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure. This is another thing. We're going we're gonna to be doing a... Uh, uh, season one what the fuck are these things called phase um, one phase one right we don't have to get on this point right now but i really do during the phase one recap want to discuss clapping in movie theaters so you'll have that to look forward to oh boy i can't wait for that <laughs> real fun yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> if we can't protect the earth you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it Oh, Whoa. He love said it. it. Love he it. He said that's the, oh my God, that's, that's the line, the name dude. of the movie. I love it, dude. It's just, you know, I, I can't help it. Those movie, those those lines, it's just, it hits you, for me at least. You know, it was a good line. Dude, you know how it hit me? I, I got through that entire monologue and I was like, I don't get it. Like, what is the point of this monologue? And I had to like rewind it. And I was like, so basically what he's saying is that, like, you could kill everybody here, but if you do, we'll get you back. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, well like, get you How afterwards. is that a win? <laughs> like, you, you let them kill everybody. Like, it's over. Like, you lost. I think that th most of this point was that Loki originally prefaced this as, we're going to take Earth, and it's going to be very easy. And I think that what... Tony's kind of trying to put forward here is like there's no situation where you end up on a throne leading the earth. There isn't a throne. There isn't something you're going to sit in leading the entire human species on earth, right? And I think that that was kind of a point of like you can say that you have an army, but you're not going up against nothing. You're coming up against a group of people who are going to fight back in this moment. Uh, which mm -hmm. now is where the portal opens and the Battle of New York has begun. Whoa! I gotta, I gotta, Whoa. I gotta wonder. And maybe this is, maybe this is another one of those things that is explained, right? But I'm like, how the fuck does Thor always know where Loki is? Is that like a thing, or is that just like the most convenient shit that keeps happening? Because it's like, what do you mean? 
Well, because it's like he lands on the helicopter initially, the, or the, not not helicopter, the, the airplane earlier in the movie where Loki is to snatch him. And it's like he was in like some multiverse shit before that, but then he just like beams directly to Loki and like finds yes. him. And then again, in this like Battle of New York sequence, like him and Loki have another back and forth where he's just kind of like whoop, just zips immediately right. to Loki. And he's like, brother! I can explain it. Okay. So in the first part where he goes to the plane, he's coming from Asgard. And if you remember at the end of Thor, Heimdall, even without the Bifrost, is still able to see, right? He's still right. able to see Earth. He's able to see Jane. He's able to see all of these things. So it is not out of the realm of possibility for Heimdall to have pointed Thor directly to where Loki is at the beginning there when Thor first shows up, right? Because okay. he's coming from Asgard okay. to Earth. The second part is Thor is now part of the Avengers, meaning he knows where Loki is, if any of the Avengers know where Loki is. And also, Thor flies, he's got the hammer, like, he's going to be there potentially quicker than anybody else. So, I don't think in this moment there was kind of an unexplained phenomenon of knowing where Loki was. Just seems convenient to me. It's just like, you know, I'll, I'll accept that. I will accept your explanation, but even still, it's like he's just fucking zipping directly towards Loki so that they can have, like, dramatic, you know, uh, uh, back and forths with one another all the time. And sure. also, like... Thor is like a fucking idiot. Like it's like it, like and and, well, yeah. and and maybe that's just like kind of his character, but it's like this is like the fucking 18th time in this movie that he's like talking to Loki and he's just like hey, maybe we could actually just be friends though. And then Loki's like fuck you. It's like it's like that it's like that just like keeps happening over and over and over again. You think at a certain point you would see it coming. But at these moments too, you do see some sliver of Loki coming out that kind of suggests to you that maybe he's gone too deep into this thing and he's maybe not 100% happy with the path that he's taken, you know? And I think that especially since Thor and Loki grew up from being children that Thor is still clinging on to some hope that Loki is still there. Yeah. But you like, you think after like the 14th time of getting like fucking stabbed by this guy, you might be like, ah, oh, well this approach hasn't worked in the past. So yeah. maybe we'll try something new. This isn't necessarily like an excuse for that, but they are beings who live way longer than humans do. So like, I'd imagine that has something to do with the way that they uh, like view their relationships and the way that people can change over time or like yeah. maybe people are slower to change over time in like amongst their society. I don't really know. Sure. But like the age of the age that someone is like expected to live does change how that relationship works, I think. Yeah. And so uh, with the Chitari now coming out of the portal in the sky, this is uh, kind of the biggest event that the Earth has seen uh, related to heroes and monsters like this. And so this is kind of the big shakeup of uh, the first phase that will kind of set the precedence for the, the future of the MCU and uh, seeing how big of an impact this is going to have. Uh, we've got now Cap, uh, Widow, Hawkeye, Thor, Iron Man, 
uh, here and there. Uh, Wait, you it, forgot one. You know who, who you forgot? Who did I forget? You forgot Ashley Johnson is also there in New York City. Uh, who Ashley Johnson, who plays Ellie in The Last of Us, is uh, one of the people who is very hard focused on uh, running away from all the fighting. Really? And she has like, yeah, she has like a little bit of a part um, where like she has like this look, this passing look where uh, Cap saves them from the Chitari at the bank or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a look with her there. And then after the fight is over, they have her on like one of the screens and she's like, Giving a speech saying thank you to to the Avengers for Cap saving her life. Captain, for, Captain, yeah. Captain America saved my and life. I was hoping that you would have known more about this than me because apparently there was some like deleted scene that actually makes her relevant to the story, which is why those scenes are there in the first place. Huh. But I I don't know what that scene would have been, and I don't I don't know why they still kept those scenes in the movie since they took like the first scene out. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. No, but, I didn't know that that was yeah. uh, the case with her. Yep. So everybody everybody has to like kind of come together here, right? It's the it's the thing where you know everyone has to put their differences aside and fight for humanity because now there's a portal open, aliens are swarming through. Well, yeah. Now Tony's rounding up. All of these uh, Chitari, especially the big boys, the big worm-like flying creatures, he's starting to bring them all together, and he's asking where Banner is. Banner still hasn't shown up, but uh, uh, now we see him roll up on this very dinky motorcycle uh, showing up to the fight of New York. And it's uh, like, thank God, thank God he had that. And then, of course, (laughs) we get the uh, classic uh, line, where Tony brings a giant space turtle thing with teeth, space. a carnivorous space turtle is yeah. uh, like on its on its way, and and Captain America says, "Wait, wait, hold on," because we skipped this. And remember, I mentioned this early on. There was a line that um, Black Widow says in her first appearance, where she says, "I'm bringing the party to you." And I said, "Oh, it's really interesting to hear that line because it shows up later on in the movies sure. as well." And here in this right. moment, Iron Man to Widow says, "I'm bringing the party to you," which oh. leads him right in this Whoa. moment. Which again, I just I really like that stuff. I like seeing the reappearance of these kind of one-off lines and stuff, especially as they relate to character building between the two. But anyways, uh, now your favorite part of the entire right. movie, yeah, where uh, Captain America says to Bruce Banner. Um, like, hey, uh, uh, now, now would now would be a good time to get angry, Bruce. And then Bruce says, "That's that's that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry." And then he just like turns into the Hulk, which I do not get. And frankly, I thought that this was <laughs> a glaring continuity issue in the movie, where mere moments before he had turned into the Hulk. And essentially, like, brought, like, the Avengers down to its knees. That was, like, Loki's grand plan was to, like, make him go all Hulk style. Which is another thing where it's, like, what the fuck does the Rod even do? Like, his, because they're kind of alluding to the fact that him being in the presence of the staff. Okay, the staff, whatever the fuck. No, 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 I'm saying staff again. Are we going there with the staff again? Yeah, no. For, well, it, it it all it all it all links in. It all it mm-hmm. all it's it, 
there's a point here where he's like on the thing. And I feel like it's a good point to be made where it's like, he's like being subtly influenced by it maybe, but then like, that's never really talked about or whatever the fuck. But then he like turns into the Hulk and then he's like destroying the helicarrier and no one can contain him. And then he like falls out of the sky. And it's this very dramatic thing. And then he just shows up now, but he's like, Oh, okay. I'm kind of, I'm kind of one with the Hulk. It's like it's like it's like no no time has passed and now he can just turn into the Hulk and then go and then they're like issuing him commands and directives and things and he's sort of like oh yeah I'm 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 on board to not attack all of you anymore now I mm. now I attack the aliens and I'm aware that Loki is the bad guy and I'm going to seek him out too and now we're chilling and I no longer want to kill Black Widow or Thor or whatever. So I'm uh, obviously in disagreement. Uh, I think the <laughs> difference here is that on the ship, he was forced into the Hulk. It wasn't his, like, it, clearly he has the ability to control it because he hadn't had an incident in over a year, right? I mean, that's the way that this was set up is he has some level of ability to control this. And in the moment where he's forced to turn into the Hulk due to the explosion and him getting knocked over and all this other stuff... That's one thing. But in this moment, they don't really give him directives. They kind of just unleash him. And Banner makes the conscious decision to become Hulk in that moment. Right? And so I think that there's obviously a common enemy between all of these Avengers, which is these aliens coming out of the sky. So I didn't think it was that unreasonable for him to be part of that fight. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's like, like the Hulk's the Hulk though, right? Like, it's like, it's like, it's like, so it's like controlled Hulk when Bruce Banner wants to become the Hulk, but then when he's like forced into Hulk shit, maybe from that fucking weird. But they've already set the groundwork that Hulk clearly is trying to make decisions to not hurt people. They've already set that groundwork. When when we find Banner in that warehouse where he's landed, the kind of hint there is that he chose a secluded spot to land in that wouldn't have harmed people on his landing, right? Well, that is kind of the hint that's portrayed but, in that moment. But, 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 but did he do that? Or is that just like your takeaway yeah. from that? Cause I, cause yeah, I, I don't know about that one because there's this point where like when he first turns on the ship, he's like chasing after Natasha and he like fucking bashes her into the wall. And then he, he's not able to, but there's a point where he's like raising his hand. He's literally about to backhand her like while she's on the ground. So it's not like he doesn't want to harm people. Like yeah. he obviously meant to hurt her there. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of took that warehouse thing of him. He just randomly fell into this where like, I like, I didn't take it as like a conscious decision that the Hulk made. I just sort of like, he just randomly showed, which is why Bruce was like, Oh fuck. Did I kill anybody? And the guy was like, nah, lucky you, you fell in this random spot. And he's like, whoo, that's lucky because I, you know, whatever. Well, he doesn't, that's my point is that security guard actually specifically mentions that it's not luck that specifically he saw some type of divergence of 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 hulk making a conscious effort to fall in an abandoned warehouse that I is specifically that. the security guard does not yeah, say lucky or anything yeah. like that 
But if you say that happened, I don't believe you. Okay, well that's what I figured. <laughs> uh, so the team now, now I did, I did actually uh, forget some of this part. I did like obviously the shot of the team, the big camera spin around the Avengers and seeing them all together, which is, uh, uh, I think, an, uh, quite an epic moment. I think it was nice seeing that. Um, but what I didn't remember is kind of this ensuing fight. And what I really liked was um, the moments where they would follow through like a continuous shot through multiple characters. So there was this moment where you're first following Iron Man as he's like going through the city and then he stops and he helps Cap and he uses his, uh, you know, beam against his shield, which then goes off of the shield and hits the other enemies. And then you see him kind of take off, which then passes off to Hulk and Thor working together on top of the giant worms and like... It's just this one continuous moment of seeing how all the Avengers are fighting throughout the city. And I thought that, that right. was a, a really cool shot. Yeah, and while they're kind of like uh, kicking alien ass, we get another uh, uh, comical Marvel trope um, where it's looking like they're, uh, hey, it, they're, they're repelling the forces. Everything is... Uh, going good for them and then you sort of get the alien commander with a line where he's like send the rest and then like more come through which is like been a problem I've had with these movies forever where it's like just fucking just 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 send just send send your guys like like what the fuck it's like you have like a fleet uh, and then you have like a bunch of other dudes just kind of on standby, just waiting. Like, like what, what, what's even the point of that? It's like, it's like you're trying to get the Tesseract, just send your fucking dudes through. Well, I also think they underestimated Earth. I mean, that's been set up from the start is that the whole idea here was that this would be an easy win for them, right? That there wouldn't be a team of super powered beings and a demigod that would be fighting up against these uh, uh, aliens to try to save Earth. So I think in that moment, it's like, send the rest is like, yeah, we kind of underestimated this situation. Yeah, but like be that as it may, just fuck, just, 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 se just send your dude. Like it's like it's like this like escalation of power thing that always happens in these movies, where it's like they shoot him with a gun, and then the gun doesn't work, and then there's a bigger gun, and then that doesn't work, and then it's a rocket launcher, and then that doesn't work, and then they're like, okay, time to send in the laser gun or whatever. Where it's like it's like if you have the laser gun, just fucking use that. Like well, it's it's like it's a yeah. it's a it's an issue I can never get over in these things look you think they're gonna send all the ships with these gas prices i don't uh, come think on, so dude, in this economy uh, no, no uh, I, al <laughs> I also think a weird continuity thing with the aliens too is that they're like shown holding people hostage places but it's like they can't like decide like whether or not to kill people or just like hold them hostage because like they like they don't give a fuck about earth they just want the tesseract the whole thing was that loki gets earth because earth is like beneath them and they don't fucking care they're not really trying to subjugate anything they're just trying to like come through and essentially like mob the entire thing down and give it to loki so that then loki can give them the tesseract and then they're like good and they obviously don't mind killing people 
because they're kind of just out here in the streets doing it off camera, I guess, like, because it's a fucking Disney movie or whatever. But then we get these, like, scenes where it's like there's a bunch of people holed up, surrounded by aliens with guns. And it's like, well, well, which is it? Are they, like, like why aren't they just killing? Like, they're killing people some places, but then other places they have, like, a directive to not kill people. And it's like, what? It's like what's even their, is their motivation even the Tesseract? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Sure. I like to think that those those Chitari specifically were an offshoot branch of the Chitari military who were sent uh well not sent, they were dissenting from the from the army in order to try to rob American banks right. in order to cause an economic disruption <laughs> so it'd be easier to build a life on earth of sure. course that's my that's my head candy. you know yeah. what dude i think you're right and i retract my criticism that makes a lot of sense to me well that lines up because until then until they realized that they were trying to take down the economy uh the council didn't make any decisions but as soon as the banks started getting robbed the council says you know what we're sending in a nuclear missile strike on manhattan <laughs> yeah. We can't let the economy go down due to this alien <laughs> no, attack. No, no. Uh, <laughs> um, and so they are uh, going to make that decision, even bypassing Nick Fury, who has said, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that, guys. Sorry. Right. I'm not listening to you. But uh, yeah. they have more control over it. And so they're going to send the uh, nuclear strike. And the missile is sent. Things are getting dark. Uh, but they realize in this moment that they could have a potential power cut off using the scepter. Uh, to close out this portal and, right it's uh, like what the fuck is what the fuck is this scepter again dude it's like it does so many things <laughs> like it's just like what like what fuck it what, what's the point well the scepter is a weapon made from the tesseract so it's not unreasonable to think that it could be something that could get past an energy field made by the tesseract but is that not unreasonable? I don't know. It's just like, again, it's just like this fucking, it's like, it's the key to everything. The whole fucking thing. It mind controls yes. and shoots lasers and turns yeah. off the Tesseract and yes. turns on the Tesseract. That's exactly it's it. the fucking, whole, like, yes. it, it's cor like it corrupts whole... people who are around it, but only sometimes. Correct. Like, Yeah. You nailed it. You got yeah, it. No, you're <laughs> yeah. right. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you really like, you nailed fuck, it. dude. I really uh, hated that rod. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, instead of allowing this missile to be used to destroy Manhattan, uh, Tony has another idea for it and this uh, and also that, oh. was like kind of a weird thing in the movie to me where uh well Tony so i figured yeah. that you were going to have this comment and my guess yeah. was that you were going to say why couldn't he have just redirected the missile into the portal and not gone into the portal himself am i correct or am i wrong you are correct yeah, that's correct. Do you want to know why I think that that's the case? Uh, Good, I'm no, going to tell just, you. Let's just uh, move past this. I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> this podcast already running a little long. One of the things that he does as he's taking that missile <laughs> is he tries to call Pepper. And so that call is happening in his helmet in that moment. You can see it in his heads-up display, even as he's carrying the missile upwards to head towards that portal. The way that I view it, and maybe I could be wrong, is that this missile is not a stupid missile meaning that missiles can be rerouted in the air and that Tony, by bringing this missile through the portal up through there, there's a moment where it says call failed on the call. And what I would also assume is that the ability for that missile to then be rerouted is also destroyed in that moment. 
Damn, dude, that's really powerful head cannon that you just yeah. created. <laughs> I, How uh, is so, that not a reasonable explanation to your point? Tell uh, me. Okay, no, it is a reasonable explanation to my point. Yeah. I will give you that, but I guarantee that is not what the writers had in mind at that specific segment. I just think they wanted a lay epic fucking Stark sacrifice himself. For I don't think that they're like, no, because the whole thing is that the missile is like a smart missile and like so it's, it's not like, even a smart it, missile missiles can be rerouted without being quote-unquote called a smart missile i don't think so that one how the how the fuck how would you be able to reroute a nuclear missile like full fucking thrusters he like sticks it up through the portal like what then they're gonna like make it turn around in space yeah, it's gonna bust a ue and dude. then yeah and then like so it like so it turns off its rocket propulsion it's already like on some terminal velocity shit it does a 180 turns its like propulsion back on to stop all of the inertia yeah. and then generate enough inertia yes. to blast back through the portal yeah, the nuke man had. there's no way yeah, there's just, there's yeah. just no, that, that that scientifically doesn't yeah you make really sense. nailed it that's exactly yeah. what it meant so good job yeah Mm, um, I'm glad so, that we're bro. on the same page, and I'm glad that we agree so. about my explanation. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, with that, Tony does uh, magically. I mean, I don't think anyone expected this, but Tony makes it out of the portal right before wow. it gets fully closed off, and Hulk uh, jumps in the air and picks up Tony. I do like that at this uh, part, uh, Captain America basically gave the command to kill Tony. I thought that that was uh, uh, fun and spoke kind of to their relationship because he's like up in space. Captain America's like waiting a second and he's like, ah, fuck it. Tony's not coming back. Just close the portal. Like do it. And then he like, so he kind of condemns Tony to die like he th like he's just like ah oh, it's it's it, it's too important i'm gonna kill tony stark and make sure the portal's closing well a big thing that uh cap had against tony in the first place and this was set up in dialogue before but he was saying that like tony would never be the one to like jump on the line so another mm -hmm. guy could like get across so in that moment i think tony earned the respect of cap but cap also kind of uh, accepted the fact that this loss had to be taken. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I think it, I think it speaks like to both of their characters in a different way than maybe you were talking about. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, no. That's like, yeah. I think, I think, I think that that's right. And and that like, I I realize that I uh, flip between like and uh, the unironic like and like the ironic like. So it might be hard to tell what I actually like and what I don't. But like, <laughs> oh, I, so you so you liked it? I liked that. Like I. Thought that that okay. was a fun character development okay, okay. kind of thing for the reasons that you just said. I think it like spoke to their you know. My bad. Yeah. I thought my I misunderstanding. Thought, I thought I thought it was an interesting character development. Well, uh, Tony is in the street and wakes up to Hulk roaring very loudly, uh, and we find out that Tony uh, did not die. And please, uh, I hope nobody kissed him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <but laughs> that's it. The Avengers are known to the world, and we see our Stan Lee appearance in this moment talking about uh, uh, the Avengers, superheroes in New York. Uh, we see, I guess, the voice actor of Ellie again. I didn't know that that was uh, the case, yep. but thank you for that. 
The voice actor and actor. Right. Uh, motion cap actor. And you can tell that motherfucker thought she was getting a role. She really oversold yeah, that. Yeah, she It did. was like a very, I was like, all right, reel it in a little bit there, <laughs> dude. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and um, now they've all kind of gone their separate ways. Uh, Thor's taking Loki back to Asgard. Uh, Tony and Cap are heading out. Black Widow and Hawkeye are heading out. And, uh, you know, Fury and Maria Hill are talking and says you know how how do we assume that they're going to come back and uh fury says they will come back because we need them to yeah and she's like oh yeah that made that makes sense avengers the the avengers wow uh and we do get a a little mid credit scene here where we see thanos for the first time uh the person pulling all the strings from uh behind the scenes and uh uh, he does look uh, a little interesting, but no voice lines here. Just a moment to say, you know what? This is it. This is this is where we're going with the MCU. This is just the beginning. Yeah. And then they get some shawarma. And then they get some shawarma, and then the and then and then the movie's over. I actually yeah. liked the shawarma scene. I thought I thought that like legit. I I I thought that was like a fun thing at the end of the movie where they're all just like beating the fuck up, just like in silence just yeah. they don't even have anything to say to each other at that they're just like quietly eating shawarma yeah. <laughs> i would yeah. have liked if uh banner said uh by the way do you guys know that i'm the hulk right um, yeah that would have made that scene better yeah. if he's just like oh i'm enjoying shawarma but i wonder what the other guy would think about it and then he turns to the camera and winks and the avengers theme plays yeah um dude. Yeah, good thing we didn't write this movie. Right. Um, or yeah. bad thing. Um, well, it would have been really good if we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, sure. that's true. There would have been a lot more eyeballs being pulled out. That's for that's sure. true. That would have been, oh, yeah. yeah. I true. also would have like added in a line of dialogue to explain what the fuck that rod was. Because really, oh, I, I know I said I wasn't <laughs> going to get stuck on it at the beginning, but goddamn, it did not make much sense to me. Uh, so I think that uh, uh, at this time, I think it's time for uh, uh, the likes, the dislikes, and the ratings. Um, I am going to uh, uh, deviate from format a little bit here uh by just giving a quick thought out right uh to uh everyone here because i think that when we started this podcast uh the avengers was sort of like a big deal because of uh dan's insistence that i would enjoy the avengers more um if i had had the context uh for it uh uh well and he's shaking his head right now you can't see that but i'm actually going to give that point to dan I Whoa. think I think that uh no because when I initially saw this movie I remember one of my largest gripes with it was that it takes so long on the shield helicarrier like that's like most of the movie and I just found that part like monotonous and boring like I was like bored to fucking tears by all of that but now having seen all of the movies that led up to this one the I realized that like the interplay of the characters on the helipad is actually the interesting part of the helipad thing. So not having context for what the characters actually were, like it makes that entire thing not interesting at all because there's nothing to go off of because it's just a bunch of random bullshit. But having the context and seeing that 
it made it a lot more engaging. So I will actually have to give that to you, Dan. Congratulations. You were right this about that. That was the whole Let's point go. of this podcast. Right. And I think that uh, I have succeeded, which uh, means that uh, by definition, I am a genius. So thank you right. so much. And also, uh, this will be the final podcast. Um, I <laughs> yeah, think that's that, it. Uh, no, okay. So Our mission is completed. So, go, so going into likes and uh, uh, what what I liked and what my final rating would be, I, I got to say, if there's one thing I liked about this movie, and I think that um, the trend will probably continue in this direction, which is good, I enjoyed the scale of everything that was happening. Um, I feel like in previous movies, uh, a lot of stuff existed in a microcosm, right? Like you had sort of like you know, interplay with Tony in his tower or whatever. And it's kind of like, it's, it's not, it's not very big. Like, you know, you have like a small town in New Mexico is the backdrop. Like, it's not very big. You have like, you know, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a separate country that has, you know, no like interplay with what's happening, uh, you know, in the actual backdrop for all this shit. And it's kind of small, you know, you had like, et cetera, et cetera. Like, whereas I thought the thing in this, it sort of felt like the stakes were high, um, the collateral damage was high, like the implications were high. Like it's like it just it like it felt like the things in this movie actually like mattered in a grander scheme, uh, a lot more so than any of the movies that we have seen before, where it just felt like nothing really mattered that much. Or if it did matter, it mattered in a very tiny microcosm where this had larger implications, which I think always makes for a more interesting plot. Um that being said, uh, time for the rating. I think that, uh, interestingly enough, uh, uh, I would probably have to give this movie a five. I'd give it a five. Whoa. I'd give, I'd give, I'd give the Avengers a five. Five out of ten. Whoa. A, fi a, five, a five out of ten. It, like, honestly, wow. uh, I, 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 tr I truly did not hate the Avengers. Um, I, it's not my cup of tea. Really, I would never watch it again. I hope I never have to. Uh, this will likely be the only time in my life I ever sit down to view this. But I will say that um, seeing all the things that uh, 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 came before it and uh, the intermingling of all of that into this, I understand why people are into it, though it is cheesy cape shit, which is just not totally my cup of tea at the end of the day, but I can appreciate this movie for what it was. Wow, that's great. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. What a what a what a interesting moment in the history of cape yeah, shit. What a ride cape shit. I know, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh I mean there, there are things that I kind of pointed out throughout the movie that I just could not uh, defend, which really took me out of it. And uh, I think the biggest thing, unfortunately, is Hawkeye. It's unfortunate because as a character, he does get better, but I really feel like they, they, they really just did him dirty in this movie. Um, he just has no real substantial impact. Um, and... I think he's got like a couple of cool like arrow shots later on, but also like early in the movie, he gets a gun and he misses a couple shots, but somehow like when he's on top of the buildings in New York, he's like 
shooting his arrows 20 feet in a different direction to account for the wind to hit one of the Shatari on its moving craft very, very easily. So that plus every time he whips out the bow, I wanted to just stab <laughs> my eyes out. Like they could have made the bow less floppy. It could have been a mechanical like whoosh, do, 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 and like the fucking bow like builds itself out like an Iron Man armor. You know what I mean? Like something really substantial. Yeah. But just, ugh, yeah, just ruined. I don't know. Hulk, I really got thrown under the bus in this movie. Um, overall, I would give this movie a seven and a half out of ten. I really oh. enjoyed uh, seeing this movie again. I think there were a couple slow parts here, which definitely hit me around the time that it was like after they captured Loki, but before they had the ship blow up, there were a couple like slow moments there of like Tony and Cap talking about Coulson and that. But overall, uh, great. Uh, great to see it again. Great to see all of them brought in. I loved how quickly each hero got brought into the movie, right? It was like, boom, boom, next one, next one, next one. They didn't like have this long drawn out thing. And they also didn't really leave any hero out for too long, right? Like every mm -hmm. hero got its moment in the movie. So it's unfortunate that Hawkeye was just so thrown under the bus. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyed it again. Uh, John? Nice. Uh, yeah, so my rating and final thoughts. Um, it's hard for me to want to rate this movie because I don't really like rating um, Avengers-specifically movies, like Avengers and like Avengers Age of Ultron, Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, like those types of movies, like, even as far as like no way home goes because they all just seem like uh like not really films but they they feel they feel more like uh ensemble fan service events spec spectacles or something like that right um and on the other hand it is hard to give this the rating that I want to give it because I previously gave uh captain america won a seven out of ten and i want to give this one a seven out of ten also but i also think that i liked avenger i enjoyed avengers more than i enjoyed uh captain america so i don't want to give them the same rating but i also want to give them the same rating well i think that at least you know? for me i've been just doing gut checks here i don't know what i rated yeah. the previous ones but my gut in this moment is telling me it's a seven and a half so you know if you want to rate it the same, yeah. I'm not going to no, hold no, no. it against I'll, you. I'll, I'll, no, I said I wasn't going to do that. I was <laughs> going to do concrete fucking ratings, and I'm sticking <laughs> to that. So I'm going to give this a 7.1 out of 10. Yeah, slightly better than Just yeah, slightly America. better. Okay. Uh, like Christian pointed out, I, I really like the interplay between all of the different personalities and characters coming together. And uh, I thought CGI, for the most part, was like really on point in this yep. movie. I agree. Um, yeah. Way better and, than Thor, dude. God damn. Yeah, and it's just crazy to see how much better this movie is than the entire first phase put together. Yes. Yeah. So, And hopefully we'll yeah. see that Disney impact uh, continue to make uh, those changes as we keep going. And I think uh, next podcast, you should expect a phase one recap from us. We'll go over the entirety of phase one from... Iron Man through Avengers, give some higher level thoughts, talk about Mjolnir, talk about thematic moments that happen across the MCU. Talk and about what clapping are in theaters. 
<laughs> and yeah, what are the things that Christian one. hasn't been able to talk about that has really bugged him? I, dude, I have a lot. There's a lot, all dude. Right. These podcasts have already started running so long as all of us yeah. have been getting more invested in these things. I just want it, yeah. like anyone who made it this far, just so you know, I cut like half my thoughts out in order to <laughs> like make these. Succinct. That's really hard for him to and do. It's very hard for me to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, we'll see you all in the phase one recap. And hey, you know what? Thanks for listening. Uh, it, yeah. it, 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 Excelsior, everyone. Bye. Okay, see ya. Bye.